You're listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture, an innovative company that is dedicated to your success by pioneering new technologies to provide solutions for your challenges. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is a partner you can grow with and provides the latest products from all of the leading manufacturers. Simplot Turf and Horticulture, bringing Earth's resources to life. Now, here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Hey, and welcome to Pulling Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolina's Golf Course Superintendents Association. I'm Alan Knight, joined by Tim Krieger. Tim, how are you? Wonderful, Alan. Thank you. Tim now has a full beard again, which is looking good, looking good. Yes, sir. What are we on? Episode 2.6.1? July 1st, 2020. That's all I can keep up with. July. So that'd be 2.7.1. Correct. Correct. And good interview. A friend of yours, former Carolina's GCSA president, David Lee, Dr. David Lee. Hard guy not to like, isn't he, Alan? Yeah, he is, man. He's a, I've certainly seen him around, never spent that much time with him, but he's a good dude. You can see after spending some time with him why he's a he's a sought after attraction uh, post festivities when there's cold beer around and you can hang out and start talking shop. He's um he's a yeah. highly sought after commodity, if you will. I could see that. I'd like to. He doesn't seem like a very excitable guy. I'd like to see. I wouldn't like to see him with his blood boiling. Be honest with you, as laid back as he is. You see, I don't know that it does. Yeah. I think his thermometer, his internal thermometer is somehow preset, which is just amazing to me. There's people like that that I've met that, you know, it doesn't ever get to that point of at least outwardly shown anger or being upset or anything along those lines. Take it, Paul Graham, who runs a Monday after the Masters. I've seen things go haywire, and Paul's always been even keel. Big Papa. PT Papa. Paul's uh, good egg, man. Are you emailing me right now? No, I had an email pop through on my computer. I'm sorry because my microphone is up. You hear that. I got you. I got you. No, but I, no, I just got an email from you right now. Oh, I'd sent that when you were outside talking to the pods guy while I was waiting on you. Yeah, cool. I'm sure everybody wants to hear about how our day's going so far. So anyways, folks, back into the episode. Let's talk about a member benefit. And one, like you just said, off air that, just came out right about a month ago the directory then probably first of april typically is when we shoot for it we talked about it at one point but due to covid um i don't think we really followed much up on it but it landed and um yeah the member directory it's one of the benefits of being a member is that you get a printed directory um coil bound we went to that a couple years ago we found that it's easier for our vendor partners who rely on that heavily um, they can leave it open to a certain page, throw it on the dashboard or the seat of the vehicle when you're riding up and down the road. Previously, it was um, it was glue bound, you know, and it was kind of hard to keep a book open. I don't, um, I don't think I've ever seen the glue bound edition. To be honest with you, I've always seen the spiral. Um, we we changed it, and nah, it's probably been five or six years ago. Um, and we've also done some various things. We featured people on the covers, and then we went to just a consistent look with the logo, you know, the plaid or the year on there. Cause a lot of times what you'll find is that people have them on a shelf, you know, year to year to year. And so with yeah. a more consistent look to it, I think it looks great. Did you actually sign off on this green plaid or do you leave that up to you? Uh, I assume Trent make this. 
or help develop it? Actually, it's it's a funny process. Yes, I don't think Trent gets much involved in the directory. Um, that cover design typically is going to come from us here in the office. Um, we've got Julie. Um, yeah. So, anyways, Julie Vinston, I should say, she's our graphic designer. Um, helps with the magazine, and so she'll give us three or four concepts to take a look at. We'll narrow them down. We'll bat them out. Um, same thing with the cover for the conference and show program and things of that nature. Um, we'll all talk. Trent does get involved in that. We'll dialogue and see kind of what a theme is and then throw it out there. And I know we spent way more time discussing what goes on covers than probably people have ever spent looking at covers saying, wow, I wonder how much time they spent on that cover. Right, right. Can anybody purchase this? You have to be a member to get it. Member. It's a member benefit. Got to be a member to have it. And also, um, there, you can have online access to it as well through the website. Yeah. The app was underutilized. We had an app at one point in time, but people didn't use it enough. And so it wasn't worth continuing to spend the money on an app when right. it wasn't getting the, the, the traffic that you need to justify it. Makes sense. Cool. You got any good stories you want to share about David Lee before we get to the interview? When, during his presidency, anything that jumps out at you? Mm, ooh. Mm. No, not really. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's uh, I would tell you, I, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with David. He's a good guy, man. He's very level-headed, and he is a big fan of empowering people um, once you've put them in, in a position to do their job. Um, he's not a micromanager by any means. And so, you know, I, I think the one thing I want to throw out there before we go any further is just a big shout-out to Chris Whittakin up there at uh, the links at Trillium. For those of y'all who have never heard about this place in Cashiers, North Carolina, Look, we got some great golf courses around, and I've heard of them, da 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 But I stepped foot on there for the first time this Saturday, and I'm going to tell you something. Thoroughly impressed. Layout, conditioning, service. What a special place. So thank you, my man. Appreciate you having us up. The heck of an afternoon. Did you post that score legally? I did. Good. Yeah, I played. I didn't play that bad, man. I, how, yeah, we never talked about how you played. So how about the first hole? It's a 261-yard par four. And it's got a creek that runs about 200 yards. So you're making a choice of hitting a six iron or a three wood or a driver. And so first swing out of the cart, no range balls, no nothing. Just take a 75% swing with the driver, hits the middle of the green, rolls right past the stick, got about eight feet coming back up the hill for Eagle. And I'm like, I love this course. <laughs> and make birdie at least. Four, but moving right along. <laughs> All right, let's go get the, the greens day. were fast. It looked like it was an uphill putt, but it was actually a down. All right, let's get to David Lee then. All right, let's get to him. It was a good day in Piners. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is one of the leading turf and ornamental distributors in the United States. We share your passion for these markets and to your success. While our roots in this industry started in the western United States, we are dedicated to bringing that same high level of customer service and product quality to you as we have demonstrated out west. Our mission is to provide you, our valued customer, with a level of trust, service, and support that is unequaled in this industry. Simplot Turf and Horticulture, bringing Earth's resources to life. Well, everybody, welcome back in. Uh, can't tell you how excited I am to be here today with uh, not only a, a wonderful, intelligent guest, but also a good friend. Um, none other than Mr. David Lee. David, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tim. And um, our illustrious co-host, 
Big Al. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having us, man. Absolutely. Glad y'all made it down. I always get nervous when I have to go through a guard gate, but they were very friendly. Nyla? Was that her name? That's what it said on the thing. Unless that stands for something. <laughs> they were lower. They were lowercase after the end. Oh, okay. I didn't look at signs. I get panicky when I pull up. Well, so it's funny because you see a name like that and not to stereotype, not or anything, but you try and figure out who it is. And then this lady walks out. And she's got the most beautiful Southern accent. And I'm like, yeah, I like that. Yeah. It was kind of, it was interesting to say the least. But um, where are we today? Forest Creek Club? Golf Club. It is a golf club. It is a golf club. Not a country club. Not a country club. That's interesting. What's the difference, David? Uh, I think our, uh, I don't know the the definition difference, but uh, <laughs> our main focus here is golf. Everything revolves around golf. Uh, 60% of our membership are national members, uh, primarily from, from up north, northeast Chicago, uh, D.C. area. Wow. And they come down here for golf only. Uh, we do have a pool. We do have a fitness center. Uh, I think you guys probably saw our, our tennis center up there yeah. that comprised of two tennis courts. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I noticed they're not clay and grass either. Uh, no. And, right. I, and I think this is, this through the coronavirus, uh, last three months is the only time I've ever seen them used. So yeah. I, I think people are running out of stuff to do. Uh, we have some families here in town, and so some of the kids are out there playing tennis. But our focus is golf, golf only. Uh, not golf only, but it's primarily golf. And this is um, 36 holes? It's a 36-hole facility. North uh, and south, is that what they call them? That's correct, north and south. Tom Fazio designed both of them. Uh, the south course was opened in 1995, and the north course was finished in 2005. And you say Fazio, not Fazio? I say Fazio, but that could be incorrect as well. I, think I feel I like we're on Jeopardy. I love this man. He's well, it's like he's testifying for somebody. I say Fazio. David, how much time have you spent in front of a microphone in your life? I'm a little worried. Very little. <laughs> this you might have been watching CNN or Fox a lot lately, so you're feeling a little different about life. But this is just for a podcast. Yeah, we're just chatting. You, no wrong answers here. You're good. Um, how long have you been at Forest Creek? Hold on. Are you still have bubble gum in your mouth? No, it's not. It's chewing gum. It's not bubble gum. Okay. I will be getting rid of it soon. I was looking around for a piece of paper. Give me a piece of paper. I'm going to answer that. He's been here 14 months, roughly, correct? That's correct. I came in uh, the end of April of, of last year. From where? Uh, at Hope Valley Country Club up in Durham. Okay, yeah. So I was there for 13 years as a superintendent. But Were you, were you there when they started the junior tournament? I was there for the yeah. Junior Invitational, yeah. yeah. Still a big deal. Still goes on, correct? It is a big deal. And I think there are plans this year to, to, to have it, even though there are some challenges, yeah. as we all know. So when I went visiting for the first time, I took a left into what I thought was the clubhouse. And I was like, I don't understand why it's under construction still. Then I come out and I realize, oh, take a right. It's up there on that hill. Um, you want to tell them about the house where I pulled into the wrong one? Yeah, it's. Uh, do you say it's still it's still under construction? No. As we speak. Yeah, he's moved, he's moved to doing his landscaping outside now. I mean, he had a bigger landscaping budget than my house cost. So yeah, it, it, there was a member up there, and he did something with sports media technology and the company. They do a lot of the digital stuff on we see on the sports, you know, tickers and yeah. like they created the yellow line, the right. yellow line for, for the first, first down. Line. Oh wow. Wow. And uh, he he built this big house up there, and he's still building it. But it's like 
I, I swear it's at least 25,000 square feet, maybe bigger. Yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. In Durham, though. That's in Durham, yeah. Do you ever go to uh, the Durham Bulls, see them? Uh, yeah, we, we used to go quite a bit. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a fun fun atmosphere. Downtown's pretty vibrant. They got a new stadium, didn't they? Uh, yeah, they built that probably over 10 years ago now. Right. So, obviously, I went mid-'80s when the movie came out. Right. I had an aunt live there, and there was a sign in right field. You hit this win a stake. Do they still have that, do you know? They still have the bull up there. Yeah, that's cool. I had no idea. Yeah. I never put two and two together. Have a happy moment here. <laughs> like, that was Durham? Yeah. Like, where we go? Yeah, Bull Durham. Yeah. Hello, Bob. Really? Yeah, y'all go ahead and enjoy that for a second. I hear you. That was like about two years ago. I was riding with the kids, and I just looked up, and I realized that the Burger King logo was two buns. I don't think I'd notice that. Yeah. But I'll be looking my way home through Camden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Just two months ago, my son figured out it was actually a chicken logo in the Chick-fil-A thing and not um, something else. Anyhow, we're all having our moments here this morning. So, But Hope Valley, 13 years. I will tell you, I love that place, Alan, and... I've never Why? been there. Why? David Donald Lee. Ross. Oh. oh, yeah, David Lee. But I got you. Donald Ross. Cool. And it's on one of those, like it's on, you're going through this 35-mile-an-hour road, and all of a sudden you got to make a left because there's a golf hole crossing. And you go under or over? I can't remember. You go under the road there? No, you go. You cross the golf course twice and then uh, take a left down to the maintenance facility. But when you play through, right, I mean – it's a three-hole loop on the other side of the of the state highway. It's kind of kind of unique. And wow. it's and the thing about that is, so that's the old money, right? That used to be part of the horse trail that connected to Camden, Aiken, Hope Valley, right? Like that was all kind of part of the northeasterner trail. Yeah, as Ross was building those courses oh, down yeah. the east coast. I'm so, anyways, twenty six. It was built nineteen twenty six. Wow. Yeah, because it was the same year as Seminole. Is that right? Or a year after? I think it's the same year. Did Ross do Seminole? Oh, Alan. Are you having your moment now? That's edited out. That's gone. So come let's just on, move on. Come on. No, that's the best part. <laughs> I don't even know who did Seminole. Tell him, David. It was Ross. Okay. First time I saw Seminole was recently on TV. Really? Ever. Picture, anything. Heard of it, though? I'd heard of it. The Pro-Am. <sighs> yeah. It's yeah. special. How many times have you been? I've been once. You've only been once? I've only been once. But it was special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was definitely special what I saw on TV. Now, where did you grow up? North Carolina? I grew up in Durham. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I'm a, I'm a Durham native. Yeah. I bet Tim can't answer this question. Tim, do you know how many superintendents in the Carolinas are from Durham? 37. No, I mean, you just take a guess. All of us went to high school pretty much together, too. I'm assuming Doug's in there. No, Doug's, no. Doug's not a Durham guy. I don't know. Five? Scott Kennan. Oof. Brian Green. Oof. And then uh, Nelson Carone grew up on the same street as I did. But he was younger than y'all. He was a couple of years younger. And there, and uh, Kevin Sinet's a Durham guy. He was the superintendent of Heritage now with Simplot. So that's five. At least five. And there are probably more. But we were all in that same era. And went to high school together. Uh, Kevin went to Northern Durham. But Scott, myself, Brian all went to Jordan. So for any of y'all listening out there that are parents... Get in touch with whatever street this was or neighborhood, <laughs> because I'm going to tell you what, some fine young men came out of there. That's for damn sure. That's a crop of folks that I'd hang out with any day. That's cool. That's pretty good stuff, man. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Now, y'all all went to state together? Uh, no, we all kind of took different paths. Uh, Brian and I were at state at the same time, and Nelson was a couple years behind us. But uh, What about Scott? Where'd he end up? 
Uh, Scott went to UNCW and then I think finished at Wayne County. Gotcha, that's right. So he kind of took a different route, but nice. Uh, and Scott was the one who did Primland. Um, okay, grew it in originally, and he's now down at Myers Park in Charlotte. Another name. I don't know if I've, I've met Scott personally yet, though. Yeah. How come none of y'all are overweight either? Was there good food in that neighborhood as well? I don't know. A bunch of tall, skinny guys that came out of there, too, (laughs) nonetheless, man. A lot of vegetables eaten, a lot of corn. Were you guys like, were you close to the city market? Uh, I don't think so. So, did all you guys work on a golf course together when you were younger? Uh, No. Uh, Nelson and I did at at Hope Valley. That was my first golf course job in 1991 in high school. I started working uh, for Bob Mashburn, who was a an old name and and there are probably not many superintendents anymore in the carolinas who remember bob but he was he was at quail hollow for 18 years wow and then uh was at hope valley for 18 years so he was kind of my mentor uh as we were coming as i was a young kid getting into this business well take us through the cycle from there then interned in 91 then what uh well i was just a summer help for a couple of years through high school and and uh loved being outside into sports fishing you know just wanted to be outside like working outside uh and so did that through the summer and then uh, i grew up my father was a superior court judge up in Ooh. in uh in durham now you understand the answers i got you he and, testified at supper every night <laughs> <laughs> and my brother uh he ended up going to law school and so kind of felt like i needed to do something uh in that that realm but uh, ended up going to the University of South Carolina for two years. You did probably, you? Did you know that? To get a... Well, I was in the criminal justice uh, uh, program there, but ended up coming back and working in a uh, spring break and, and uh, Christmas breaks and, and started talking to Bob and kind of liked what I was doing and didn't really like the criminal justice side of things. So I ended up deciding to, to transfer to state after my second year in Columbia and, and uh, transferred to the turf program and and then more schooling after that or work well, after that? Yeah, I graduated in 95. Uh, I went to school with Jeff Mack and uh, Chris Devane. We had a pretty good class of guys, Rob Roy. Wow. Devane went to NC State? That's right. I didn't know that. Uh, David Jacobs down at... Uh, Benvenue. Benvenue. So there were a lot of... Good... And Jeff's where we hosted our Wilmington meeting earlier this year. Right, right. So I think you met him down there, right? I didn't go to Wilmington. Oh, sorry. Never mind. So, uh, so yeah, I finished there and I had an opportunity to, to go back and work with Bob as an assistant. And so I did that for three years. Uh, and, and I kept my contacts with the, all the guys at NC State and, and saw them at some meetings. And they had a project and some funding to, to do uh, uh, some master's work. And, I, you know, I realized that business was getting competitive enough and I was young enough. So I ended up talking with Bob and Bob said, yeah, I think you should do it. So. So you got your master's. Got my master's degree at NC State, and uh, my wife had just finished up her. She got a master's in speech therapy and gotten a job. And uh, as I was finishing my master's, there was more funding available for a PhD. And I kind of liked the lifestyle of not working on the weekends. We were in our 20s, and all our buddies were going to the beach every weekend. And, you know, obviously in the golf business, you can't do that. So. Uh, I ended up sticking around and and uh, got my PhD. Worked with Lane Treadway and David Shu and Charles Peacock and and uh, Rick Brandenburg was on my committee. Wow! And uh, so see, David, even there was no 
there, he didn't even know that Brandenburg was up this year. Right. So you can't say there was any good old boy lobbying going on. Congratulations, Dr. Rick, on your DSA. Man, so, that's cool. So it was kind of a different path, and then uh, I finished that and had an opportunity at LSU to go down and, and kind of rebuild the turf program there. So I went down there in 2004, and uh, we had a young son, Jackson, at, at that point, and, and uh, Hurricane Katrina came through about 18 months later. Wow. And uh, we missed the Carolinas already, but we really missed the Carolinas once that came through and kind of changed the landscape of Louisiana. So. Yeah. Uh, I actually had an opportunity to come back here. I worked for Bill Patton as the superintendent on the South Course to kind of get my feet back into the, the maintenance side of the business and came here for a year, uh, almost a year. And then, unfortunately, Mr. Mashburn passed away. Yeah. And uh, I got lucky and got back, back home to Hope Valley. So you followed him. So I didn't I, realize that. Yeah, I followed him. I was up there and I guess it was 2006, September 2006. And... Uh, I was there till April last year. That's a crazy ride. I didn't realize that we were, we were about a year off. We were on parallel paths because I came over in 07. That's interesting. When did you come on the board? Nine, ten? Oh nine. Because you had a quick run. I mean, you were yeah. one cycle and then officer and out, right? Yeah, I would think I was on there for seven years, right? I think so. Which was about two years. I think we had a little attrition <laughs> above me during my time and kind of bumped me up in the in the – Pecking order, but yeah, I uh, hear you. I hear you. That was an old crop of guys, man. It's interesting. You, you look back on some of the things that were done. I mean, that was when we got the BMP done um, for the Carolinas. I mean, hell, hard to believe that we had ours done like five years, and we're just now starting to see some of these other states come online. And again, just interesting. What did you enjoy most about your time on the uh, association board? Uh, you know, the guys you meet. Uh, you really gain a, a great respect for our industry partners and everything they commit. Uh, you know, their heart, soul is probably, and, and obviously their money, but uh, I mean, the things they do for this association, this industry, or you know, you don't really see it until you're on the board uh, and, yeah. invo and involved with it. So I, I just, you know, and then the guys, you know, you, you meet guys from the Hilton Head area to the mountains and, you yeah. know, you know, we're, it's just great to, to meet all those guys and where they're from and, and see their different places and how they operate. It's funny you should hear. Um, you're missed, I will say that, um, by some for sure. There are some that miss the, uh, the Bud Heavy sessions, I think are what they're called. Um, once you get outside on the porch and you get things going, <laughs> apparently um, the doctor here is a wealth of information for some. I hear you. Um, that hear is quite you. appreciated. So do you prefer to be called doctor? Dave, David, what's what? What is it? Uh, David, David. <laughs> and, and I don't see. I'm looking around your office. I don't see these um. These diplomas hanging anywhere. I mean, that's it's not true. Like, we're not like, hey, doctor, 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 doctor. Yeah, they're still in the garage at my house. As you can see, I, I haven't unpacked all the boxes yet. <laughs> you only have two. <laughs> Does NC State have a weed science division? <laughs> They do have a weed science okay. department. I've, I've seen a lot of Virginia Tech weed science hats. I don't see any NC State weed science hats. He's got a weed man towel. True. And some Simplot hats. Yeah, unsolicited Simplot hats. Good for you. Apparently, he, he, um, he was putting some out recently and had a heavy load, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any yet. But I do have my Simplot neck garter or gator, whatever they call it. Did you bring mine? 
No, they're gone. They were. I couldn't get one. Okay, so if you got them off the quote production line, that means there was more than one laying on the shelf at the time. You know, what happened? The guy who printed them said, "Here you go." I stopped by his house and threw me one, and then that's when I told Junior, "Like, get me another one." And by the time I went back, they were gone to Wes. This is a fishy story, David. This is a very fishy story. Um, all right. So, when's the first time you ever cut grass as a kid? Asking it, asking for a father. Oh, I was probably you know I grew up in the seventies, so it was you know probably when I was four or five years old. I got stuck out there <laughs> using the middle bar down there at the bottom. Somebody else had to start. <laughs> Is that the kitty bar on the old mowers? Is that why there was a cross beam on those things? You know, those were the days where we didn't have seat belts in the car, and you rode on the bench seat in the front seat. And yeah, and yeah. you had lead paint oh, yeah. walls, and you were supposed to go over there and lick the crayon off of them once you put it on there. It's punishment. Yeah, so we started early as kids. What was your favorite memory of a car? I remember we rode around in a Chevette. Uh, you know, our, our highlight growing up was my uncle had an old Toyota pickup truck, you know, and, and the of course, all the brothers, kids in the neighborhood would jump in the back and ride around. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Oh, the bed of the truck, you mean? Yeah, in the yeah. back. Oh, that's not allowed anymore. No, you can't oh, is do it that not? now. No, you uh, can't do that. You get arrested for that Especially with now. kids, I get it. But Man, I can't tell you how many times my kids have done that, and I got yelled at by my wife. They said, what are you doing? I'm like, just, we're going like two miles down the road. Buddy of mine's mom had an old Oldsmobile station oh. wagon. You could sit in the back facing backwards. That was kind of our... Yeah, but the hatch would not come open from the inside, right? <laughs> I can't remember. I remember those because you could never get out. I think it was my first feeling of claustrophobia ever was in the back of one of those. Uh, that's funny. So, do you still live in Durham? Uh, yeah, we live up outside of Durham, kind of south of Chapel Hill. Uh, and I commute down here. It's about an hour every Really? Yeah. Man. You enjoying it? At first it was cool, and now it's kind of monotony. Or you know, it's not bad. It, you know, the only time it's bad is you're trying to, to to get home for a game or a sports event or something with the kids, and you're trying to finish something up here. But uh, I kind of resigned myself to it for the short term. My son's going to be a senior in high school this year, so we didn't want to move, yeah. uh, uproot him in his last two years of high school. So, but you're about done with projects here now, and you can kind of settle into a, a routine or no? Yeah, we did a $2 million, a little over $2 million renovation on the North Course. Uh, it started three weeks after I got here. Uh, so that was kind of a whirlwind through last wow. summer. Uh, we have plans on the table for the South Course, but, you know, obviously right now it's kind of been a holding pattern, and we'll see. Yeah, uh, sure. Kind of as we move forward. So who else you got other than Jackson? Uh, I have a daughter, Caroline, who's going into the eighth grade. Uh, and uh, so... We, we, they keep us busy no doubt no doubt that is absolutely crazy so are they happy in Durham uh, yeah they're, they're happy they, they have a good group of friends and uh, you know it, it's kind of been home for them there was no chance of coming to Pinehurst for your last couple years of school there's no chance but there may be <laughs> you know right now uh, yeah no doubt have y'all you said you you have bent grass on one course, correct? That's correct. We have bent grass on the original course, which is the south course. And you just switched the other course? Yeah, we switched to champion on the on the north course last summer. That was part of your renovation? That was the renovation. So you came to a job in Pinehurst, North Carolina, with 36-plus holes of bent grass? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> Charles Sheffield was giving me a hard time on the plane back from uh, Orlando this year because at Hope Valley I was kind of on the front end of the guys converting to Ultra Dwarf 
and uh, huh. you know now he's laughing. Now he's converted both of his courses to to Bermuda grass, and he's like a you of all people. <laughs> exactly, the first guy who was smart enough to move past it, right? Yeah, and so here I am with a twenty five year old bent grass in Pinehurst, North Carolina. What, Smartest guy in the room regresses. What kind of bent grass is it? Uh, it it's Crenshaw. Okay. My question, I guess, a lot of Bermuda places are airifying this week or last. You know, it's airified time. Do you? Do you do Bermuda and Bent at the same way, same time? No, we have totally two different uh, management plans for, oh, for really? each of them. Yeah. Wow. You have a superintendent on each on each course. I do. I have right now. I have one really happy superintendent and one that <laughs> that uh, pulls his hair out every day. I was getting ready to ask who they were, but now I don't want to pigeonhole anybody into that. <laughs> I got one guy's going to go home in about an hour and a half, and the other guy will be here at about five. <laughs> Oh, the old summer's off to the pools Bermuda jokes. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. That's funny. So, um, right, one last question yeah, about air fine. Yeah. Tines. In general, the tines you use. Pulling cores or pushing in the solid tine, correct? Doesn't remove anything? Yeah, we usually we, we usually pull cores if okay. we can. Sometimes we'll just alleviate stress with the solid tines. But when we're trying to airify and do, make some changes, we're pulling cores. And... You have options of how big you pull, correct? That's correct. I would assume you want to go as big as you can get without messing it up. That's correct. Yeah. What's the biggest you can go? Half inch? Uh, yeah, probably no more than a half. What's common? Three-eighths? Three-eighths to a half. What's that one right there? About the Simplot hat. Oh, that's just a soil core that uh, you, you can look at your soil samples with. You told me the time, Tim. Now I look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That could have been a pre-setup. That do you know what the purple thing is? No, but I'm I'm sure you have one at your house. No, I know. I, I mean, want one. That's a water checker. That would be a moisture meter. The same thing as a water checker. It's yeah. not a pogo stick. <laughs> no, it's pretty looks fancy. Is that the case for that too? That is, yes. Those are an extra two hundred. <laughs> they don't come with it. I was about to say, if it has a case, you know it's something nice. Is that how you you do like? microphones and equipment if i get if i get a new if i get a new microphone and it's got a carry case it's a nice one well that's how i judge scotch if it's got the cork on top we're good but if it's just the old school one unscrew really mm-hmm. but you know wine's gone to that because of cork shortage so you can't oh, I judge didn't know that anymore a, didn't know it was a cork shortage oh yeah big time it's cork soakers oh jeez. <laughs> yeah all those wine grows soaking cork yeah that's right um, um, I want one last question about that thing. The water moisture meter. Water checker. When you go to a green, do you just go to certain areas that you think are need the moisture? I assume that's mainly for bent grass? No. Yeah, we use it on both golf courses. But, yeah, we have areas, obviously, that, that we know have a history of problems. And right. Drier sides, wetter sides. So uh, we use it to get a baseline of where our water percentages is and then helps us plan irrigation and in those types of things do you ever get a surprise like whoa yeah, yeah you will every once in a while do you do you have to wipe it down between courses for safety precautions and POA reduction no we we don't do that is POA an issue on your on your greens here uh, we have a little POA mainly on the Putney green on the salad course uh, but obviously the north course is not an issue anymore they're pretty good weed control strategies for if you do get it Bermuda grass uh, but overall, for 25-year-old green, year old greens, it's, it's not not a major issue. You got a fan on every green? We don't have any fans on property. Mm. That means you're pulling a lot of hoses you in the summer? You, you said you have bent grass? We have bent grass. We have a portable fan, but it's not the same. 
and this is Pinehurst. It's Pinehurst. It gets hot here too, if you're wondering about. It gets a little warm, folks. Like right. three digit warm. Like we might even see a ninety something pulling out of here at noon. That's got to be stressful, isn't it? Why no fans? Too much noise? Uh, Policy? They just didn't. They didn't believe in them early. We probably need them now, uh, as we as we look to the future. <laughs> if we keep bent grass, uh, we might have some fans. We, we may need some Bluetooth fans. I don't know if you can run power out to some of the places you're going with these things, right? I mean, yeah, that's part of it is getting power to them. Uh, but you know, we have a we have an interesting dynamic because we have such a, a national membership. Uh, they come here a lot the spring and fall, hmm. and so you know they're they're they like the bent grass in the spring and fall like we all do. Uh, in the summertime, they stay back at their home courses up in Chicago, New York. Where, where it's their golf season so we so we get a lot of transient member play in that time and that and that's why we, we still oversee the golf course wall to wall too um can both you, of them no just one of them the south one with the bent grass okay can you get can anybody get on here through a resort <laughs> way or is you totally private here it's pretty much totally private yeah. you, did you notice you had to have your name at the gate oh yeah yeah and, and mentioned Dr. Lee. Oh, well, I didn't say doctor. The best part was I spelled my name for the lady. She's like, you're not on the list. I said, try it with a C. She's like, hey, there, there you are. No. <laughs> I said, I thought he knew me better than that. She's uh, like, it's not David's fault. And <laughs> 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 said something to the other non-Nyla guy inside. Right, right. Let's talk about the pine cones. T-markers. Is that what that was? I assume so. You championship team marker. You didn't think I just stuck that Georgia pine cone up here on its end? No, I had a pine feeling. Cones? I had a feeling that was the team marker, but it's pretty impressive. Do you get pine cones as big as that team marker sometimes? We do. That's pretty typical of our longleaf pines here. So the longleaf is the one with the big, the big cone. Oh, yep. okay. And we got a lot of guys that pick them up fairly regularly too. Like as part of the maintenance program, or like visitors selling them down the road at the market. As part of the maintenance program. God dang! So, are you one of those, man? We got to pick them all up. Uh, I'm not one of those, but we, we <laughs> but the memberships want, uh, <laughs> likes it like that. So I had a joke with somebody one time. I was like, "All right, so if you're that hell bent on getting members involved, give them a uh, a recyclable bag of some sort. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to give them a plastic bag." Was my first comment that they can bring in for like a. a a free bag of range balls or something. You bring in a bag of pine cones, we give you a bag of range balls. You know what I mean? It was yeah. something. Put it, the membership to work. Yeah, but anyway, so those T-markers, um, yeah, they're pretty big and they're pretty sporty. That yeah. was what we're talking about from the picture this morning that you thought was a real pine cone. And it's made of metal? Yeah, some sort of cast metal. You it's notice when I asked him if it was bronze, he immediately said, yeah, no, nah, probably not, <laughs> so you're not going to steal it. So, <laughs> Well, I'm not. I was talking about me. Uh, <laughs> do you get those stolen ever? Uh, not that yeah. not that I've ever experienced. Did you go back to the previous question about who's allowed to play here? <laughs> I thought about that when I was at SCGA Lake <laughs> Lake Marion and Santee. Remember those blue metal SCGA T markers? You'd lose at least one in the every end. year. We went Santee. We'd always get one taken somehow. Yeah, middle of the night. You know, it wasn't just lost. But do you want me to tell you whose wall they're hanging on? <laughs> yeah. <I'll>... Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I may know where one of those is. From Santee, though? Uh, I think so. Okay. Because it's still in Santee, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Back to David, though. Dr. Back to David. David. Doctor. 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 All right, what's your, um, what's your favorite news story about Forest Creek, man? 
what's happened in 14 months that's made it quite interesting? Uh, well, it's just been kind of, when I got here, I, I think our new ownership had owned it for 15 months or so. So we're, <clears throat> we're really starting to turn around rebuilding process, you know, and they, they got it and they started putting money back in the golf course. Uh, so it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind kind of turning everything around and trying to turn things around, uh, get it back to where it was, uh, where it needs to be. Um, so, you know, that's been challenging. It's been fun. Uh, it's been difficult, but I think it's also been very rewarding, rewarding. Yeah. Nice. Do y'all host anything, CGA stuff or anything like that? Uh, we haven't, uh, and we don't have anything but uh, right now on the books, but I think our goal is to, is to, to begin starting to, to host some things. Yeah. So after we're done here, maybe you should um, take a spin up. This is where you may or may not have heard me talk about this locker room before. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if I did, but first time I came here, I was like, dude, I could live in here. Like Better than Daniel Allen's? Bef- yeah. Wow. I think so. That's impressive. I think so. I do. It's like an old horse barn. It's got these big, old, cool doors-looking things on the side, and you go in, and it's like all man, fine hardwood everywhere. You got Jordan's locker you can go hang out next to, which to me was a big deal, right? Like Michael, Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, is he a member here? He is. Yeah. One of the originals, no? Yeah, I think he's been here a long time. Yeah. Do you, in your fourteen months, have you seen him play golf? I uh, not not since I've been back. He, I used to see him when I was here. In in oh five oh six, but hadn't seen him back. Now now he has his own golf course. He's yeah. Which one is that? Where? Uh, Grove twenty three down in uh, West Palm. Oh, okay. Do you not see that? No. It's not open yet, or just open? I think it's open now. Yeah. I did watch the documentary, which was excellent. But man, so I was saving that. I was up to like episode five, and I come in one night, and the damn kids are on episode two about halfway through, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? They're like, oh, man, have you not seen this? I'm like, no, I'm going to watch the whole thing at one time. And they're sitting there in the main room like, y'all got to go play video games or something. Like, this can't stay on right now. Have you watched it yet? Yeah, I finally did. Oh, man, so I love Jordan. But anyways, so, and these plush chairs. I mean, when it's 107 and you've just played golf out here, right, you're miserable, even in a cart. I mean, at least I am, was. And so you go in, the AC's blasting, and there's like, guilt-free piles of nuts and candies and M&Ms and dude they've got you know it was the first time I'd ever seen the medicine kit set out you know where it's all shit I probably still have three things of Tylenol two packs in my bag from stealing for the first time I was here um but yeah no we gotta go check that out yeah I think it's consistently ranked in the top 20 uh locker rooms in the country Uh, I gotta check that out before I leave then wait 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 am I allowed am I allowed to is is there a locker room association that you belong to? I think you know there's some writers that, that, that not that I belong to, but they they rank locker rooms and it's up there. I got to get in on that group. Yeah, I'd like to see that list. I would like to see that list. Where do you put yours here against Seminole? Ooh, that's a tough one, man. You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's nostalgia versus yeah. There, I mean, both facilities are outstanding. Wow. You know. It's both of them are very impressive. All right, what's your favorite locker room you've ever been in then? And don't go Durham High School. Probably Seminole. Yeah. Has to be. With big names up on the board. So, um, where were we? Old Chatham. You served with Mr. Powell. I did. BP Oil. Uh Uh-huh. 
So we got over to Old Chatham. Have you ever been to Old Chatham? I don't think so. No. You, you know where it is? I've right? heard of it. No, I don't know where it is. It's like another one of these swanky ones you can't get in without a name at the gate type Where, where is it? Durham, Raleigh? Right outside of Durham, Chatham yeah. County. I've heard of it. Never been there. And so, anyways, I'm, I go over there to meet Brian to say something. And we go in, and, and John Marina, who's the golf pro there, I've known for a long time. And he takes me into the locker room. And we walk in, we're looking around, and I said, John, aren't those the same doors on the lockers? Is it seminal? And he looked at me and had this guilty kind of look on his face. Well, he had, I guess he had been down at Seminole. Yeah, he worked down there, I think. And had one of the lockers, the doors that he ended up with somehow, in his garage when he moved, and he took it to a local wood woodworker, and they made them. Wow. So they're like the same exact. And he's like, man, nobody's ever noticed that before. I was like, well, we was just down there a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> Have you ever been over there? Dolch at them? Yeah. You notice that? Have you seen the? I didn't notice it, but I've been over there, and I've been in the locker room, so... What what courses are close to you? I passed Pine Wild. That's not the closest one, is it? Uh, right to here. To us right here, yeah. Longleaf? Uh, Longleaf's right down the road. Uh, Mid-South's not far. You know, okay. then you get down near Ron Kelly, CCNC, and the resort's not far. I think the resort's two and a half miles to the village. So Okay. So in case people are wondering in terms of Pinehurst, we're over by the airport. Yeah, we're a little north of town, north of the village. Gotcha. You wouldn't normally... Do you, so you do you have to come in that traffic circle down there, about a mile or two down the road? No, I, I can come that way, but I, I come off of US one, come come through the back here. I think stoplights would work better here. That tra- I'm not sold on the traffic circles here in Pinehurst. Do you understand them? Oh, I do. Yeah, no, I'm not. Look, kids, Big Bend. I'm not doing that. But it just it was very long. It was like a 15 car wait. That inner lane, depending on which way you're going, right. you had to get back to 15501. Is tough. Yeah. I yeah. just felt like it might flow better, but then it wasn't that bad. It just I was surprised to see that many. They did that what? Uh, they did fifteen it, years ago. Yeah, at least before the last open. Yeah, it was definitely for an open. I feel I felt like it was probably and, done. And the hospital's over there now, correct? And, it, and it's growing, so I think that's that's causing a little more congestion there. Well, I will tell you though, for the open, there was no traffic. Oh, really? Because no, nobody got to come to town. They parked everybody. Uh, like here and beyond and bust everybody in for the last one at least 99 was different i definitely right. remember 99 we like parked on like a side street in like somebody's yeah. yard you could go anywhere because I, I came up in 99 yeah and we walked i don't even think we walked like five minutes and we were on one of the holes right you know like but now it was completely different and without passes i mean you weren't getting in past certain parts of the town or yeah. whatever it was like Harbor Town. I think people never bought tickets. They just park and walk onto the course. But they kind of they've they've helped security there. Man, that place is high. How good is that, huh? Would you want to transition from uh, ryegrass to Bermuda in forty five days, David? No, they did a great job down there. That How do you do that? I guess you can chemically do it, but you got to hope you have Bermuda grass under there when you do that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, you got to have some growth. And the weather conditions weren't great this spring, were they? No, they weren't. It was a cool May. You know, we all. It was good for my bent grass, though. I was getting ready to ask you. So you've had a good year on half your course so far, right? <laughs> I, I have a good year one way or another on uh, and a bad year one way or another. So. God uh, dang. Are you, and, and so there's no plans to convert then because your, your membership likes bent grass. Uh, yeah, they, they really do. And so we'll see. We'll have that discussion when that discussion comes up. But. But when you get these champion rolling, like you know how, and what we've seen over at Hope Valley, and 
they start um, what is it called? Degrassing greens. Is that, is that the term when you put it off a green? Degreening. Degreening. Never heard that term. First time I heard it was when we were down at Congaree, and apparently, um, oh, who was the guy? Omira. That was Tigers. Mark Omira. Mark Omira had been down there and degreened four greens the first eighteen holes he played, and that's when you put it off the green. Yeah. Okay. Huh. That's what we call it, degreening. Yeah, and, and, and I'd never heard the term. And apparently, he went to um, one of the two owners and said, "This is a third-hand story." And said to him, "Hey, you know these greens? They're just too fast for everyday play." The guy looked at me. He said, "We ain't doing everyday play." Wow! wow. Like it ain't changing, Mark. <laughs> like I'm sorry, you you put it off of four greens here today, but you need to adjust because that's how it is. Because they they keep them at about fourteen, fifteen. Whew. Really? Yeah. That's got to be stressful on a blade, isn't it? Uh, you know, this, these new ultra dwarfs are—they're a lot easier to do that than the I got you. the bent grass. This is where you need to take the conversation. What's ultra the, dwarf stress. What do you know about ultra dwarf in three minutes? Spill it all right now. I don't know much. <laughs> You've forgotten more of ultra dwarf challenges than some have ever learned. I would assume in your nah. thirteen years. We've learned a lot, really, you know, just through talking to everybody that, you know, from the Keith Woods to the Ron Kellys to, you know, we all, Mark Mitchell, we all start comparing notes and seeing what works and what doesn't work. And, right. And that's what's great about this business, you know. You know, you're, you one guy probably ain't going to figure it all out. But those four guys and 72 Budweiser's, and you're going to get a lot solved. And I know this week, <clears throat> also hitting on that, like I said earlier, air fire was going on, and there was guys borrowing air fires around columbia left and right you know for a couple days because they needed to get it done quickly i've always commended and found it you know nice that what you guys do for each other lean on each other share information what's who's big we know about who some of your mentors were but what was some of the best advice you'd ever received coming up uh you know i think in this business i think a lot of us are guilty about trying to do too much I think sometimes in a superintendent, especially when things start going sideways, is, is just pull back and not do anything. <laughs> you know, I think uh, we all get ourselves in trouble looking on Twitter now and seeing what somebody's doing or yeah. such. And, but, you know, they might be in a totally different situation, and, and guys try to mimic that. When sometimes, you know, you know, you got to understand what you're trying to get to, one, and then understand what you're looking at. And then right. sometimes the best, the best answer may be just not do anything. You know, unless <laughs> let itself let itself take care of itself. That's interesting. So, are you now going to the Circle Verticut then, based on Twitter? I have not ever Circle Verticut. Do you see the benefits in that? You, you know, I I just hadn't tried it. What I mean, I can you know, there are a lot of things. Uh, another one of my sayings is it's long on theory and short on practicality. <laughs> That's the doctor. Okay, but tell me what so. What would be the difference between driving a straight line vertical versus a circle? Okay, one of them you go in a straight line and you come back in a straight line. The other one you go in a circle. Right, but you're still doing the same thing to the grass. Are you? That's what I'm asking. I don't know because if you go this way the whole time or this way the whole time, and now you're doing this, are you not affecting the blade in a different motion? But so that's my question: Are they just doing just doing circle? I don't know. It was a Twitter thing that he uh, wore yeah, Twitter. I've just seen it lately where guys yeah. are talking about the circle verticut, and I'm trying it, and I'm doing it, and I'm like, all right, what's the benefit? Yeah, I think it, it may work different areas, you know, and, huh. and, and may hit the grass plants in different 
different ways and different directions. And, and, and if it works for some guys, hey, right. keep doing it. So here's my summation to that answer for David. And I won't put words in his mouth, Alan. If you ain't got no problems, why you got to solve them? I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I agree with that 100%. You know, sometimes it's not, not all bad just to go home. <laughs> like he said, about another hour and 15 minutes is better than Bermuda grass guys going to be at the pool. Yep. Now, um, when did you convert at Hope Valley? Uh, we did that in 2011. So you see how long that been? Yeah. And that was... Whew. So you worked with George a lot. You worked directly with the Morris family. Is that correct? Yeah, we were exactly champion and George and and uh, we kind of got into the conversion because the USGA started really pushing that. I think and when I was at Hope Valley, we did the USGA visit in '08, and you know Patrick O'Brien said that's the future. And you know I grew up a bentgrass guy, and you know I didn't really believe in it. Uh, so I built a little test screen in '08 down in the corner that was had a lot of shade and and. Uh, was not a good environment for Bermuda grass, and it and we never did anything. I mean, we took care of it, but we never covered it, and we we never did anything. And then I think it was 2010 was a horror year for everybody all up the East Coast with with uh, bent grass. And my assistant, who's now the superintendent at Hope Valley, Chad, he and I were driving out of the shop Saturday about 5:30 after in middle of July, and looked at that Bermuda grass green that was in a bad growing environment, and it was as pretty as it could be. And, we said, you know what? They might not have that totally wrong. <laughs> and, oh, uh, you know, so we ended up doing some more research and went down to Atlanta Athletic Club in Cherokee and 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 really started looking hard into it. And and uh, at that point, Hope Valley had a younger member membership, probably in their 40s, and the guys in control anyway. And uh, they wanted fast greens in the summer because their kids were playing ball spring and fall and that's when they could get out and play golf and they said we want fast greens in the summer and we said well you need to put in bermuda grass because you were one of the first to like if i'm not mistaken overlay uh the annual calendar versus the annual number of rounds played correct or some kind of a correlation there so they could see when the grass would peak yeah at hope valley we were a summertime club and you know so we we took the growth charts of both grasses you know uh Bent grass is growing really strong in the spring and fall, and Bermuda is re- growing really obviously in the summer. And all our play was stacked up in the summer, so it made perfect yeah. sense to to look at when your rounds were and when your money is, when your clientele's there, and, and provide them the the best conditions you can. Did you paint those? Uh, we painted them for the first couple of years, and then we kind of transitioned away from and just used some colorants and never overseeded them. Never overseeded them. They were some awesome greens, dude, I got to tell you. I'm sure they still are. Oh, yeah. No, without question. Yeah, he hadn't ruined them since he left. Well, he hadn't done anything since he left. I'm he's talking just about the gonna, new guy. He's just going to go be the mayor one day since he's still in Durham. So, I know. So, our show notes talk about his hair inspiring you. Oh, yeah. What's the deal with that? Do you, do you remember me telling you this? Have I told you this before? Uh, go, remind me. So, when he first came on the board... um. I just remember saying something to Kim one day in the office. I went by, and I think it was my midlife crisis of LASIK and long hair. And, and I said, you see David Lee's hair? She's like, yeah, it's all over the place. I was like, I love it. I was like, I'm going to grow mine longer than that. <laughs> and so, all, I, I kid you not, that was the year. I think it was the first time when he came on the board that year or whatever, and that's when it was hanging out. Like, I was about to say, it's got to be longer than that. Oh, this, I let the back go. 
versus him. He he keeps more on top, but he's not a hat guy. I'm a hat guy, and I used to love it when it. But anyways, that's where we talked about on that one episode. I think with Beth when it whipped around and it started hitting me in the ears. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It was on the damn ninth tee at Secession. Uh, I won't. It was during the Verlina Cup that year, and I'm standing there with the Syngenta guys, and I had to back off the shot. And Brzezinski looks at me. He's like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "My my hair's getting in my ear. Hold on a minute." <laughs> So yeah, that was that was why that was he was my inspiration for my midlife crisis. And, here. Um, do you spend time on the hair? Are you a hair guy? I, I spend zero time on okay. the hair. Good for you. He I think has the same amount of um, post shower routine that I do. Dry okay. go. Yeah, same here. But I don't know if he was like Rick with the beard maintenance. Oh, did you listen to that one? No, I hadn't heard that one. You know Rick Henderson? Yeah. We spent the first twenty minutes on beard maintenance. Like we didn't even ask him a question. <laughs> but how could you? How could you not with the beard like he has? Oh, and mine's almost long enough like his, but like, right. Like he blow dries it every morning. Wow. Yeah. It's like a 15, 20 minute process to, get oh, he, ready to go out the house. He hits it with hot air, cold air, hot air type yeah. deal. So we had somebody come up to us a couple of weeks later and he's like, man, I ain't talking about the cold shots on your <laughs> And I had to sit there and think for me. I was like, what are you talking about? Who, who, we don't put ice in our liquor. You know, we're not doing And then yeah. he started telling me about it. I was like, oh yeah, the cold shot. I forgot about yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Favorite but, place to eat in Pinehurst in general? That anybody can go to. I think uh, there are a couple good spots. The Char Bar down uh, uh, kind of near Ron Kelly's place is pretty good. Okay. Uh, Hickory Tavern's an old standby. Yeah. Uh, I don't go out to eat a whole lot here, you know, unless we're meeting Ron or, or some of the, some of our vendors will go out and grab some lunch. But uh, you ever been to the Tater Barn? I have not been to the Tater Barn. I know okay. that's, that's a big hit. Yeah, I'm not. I've not been there either. But I've heard of it. Do you eat there? I don't think so. I think it's just canned beer. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Don't you have to have wooden tokens to pay I, for it? Too I or believe something? so. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Got yeah. to ask Jack Nance about that. You gonna have a round to it? Do you remember those? You never saw those old wooden coins? Do you remember those? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. It was just a round piece of wood, and it said "to it" on it. You give it to somebody, get a round to it. Oh no, I didn't miss that. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Like milk pogs. Do you, did you ever get into pogs? Pogs. Milk pog. The cats. No. It came on the milk jugs. I'm not that much older than you, am I? I'm 42. How old are you? A little bit older than you, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Still in my 30s, according to the podcast notes. I'll be 39 as the host of this podcast until then. Where's that? Don't you worry about where I list our information about how old we okay, are. Okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so did you know we worked together? Uh, in junior golf? Yes. Yeah, in Columbia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I said it was four years no, really, I thought I thought Tim and I worked together for three years, and then he told me he took this job in 07, and I started there in 06. I was like, hold on, you tell me only worked together for one year? It felt so long. But <laughs> Tim did, we, we did golf ball and money at the Masters and a handful of things. So You've been to the golf ball. I have been to the golf ball. That yeah. was, that's a great time. You were there, I think, when Steve got a dog one time, right? Yeah, either the year after he got it uh, on the way to Augusta. It was a great, it was, we had a good time. Golf yeah. ball, that's a good event. Missed that. Yeah. Is that gone? Well, they had to move it this year. Yeah, it's right. postponed. COVID and all. Right. I talked to Joe about that yesterday, and I um, I said the Masters in November try you know, try and do it that Thursday. They got a date in October, I think. But Yeah, they'd already picked the date before the Masters came back out with theirs. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the tour playing? Are we allowed to discuss that right now? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it's like the rest of the world. We just got to be careful and, and flexible, but we got to – Try to get back to normal somehow. Yeah. Still following safety precautions out here, I assume, clubhouse-wise. With Any rakes in the bunkers here? No, nah, we've got all we, – we've been 
rakeless for a while probably never go back to rakes and i think membership likes not having to rake bunkers but you're not the first person i've heard say that and i don't kind of, i don't disagree with it either you just got to learn the footprint aspect of it right and you got to learn to play it because you're not going to get what you want right yeah but i you know i think we'll probably go back to rakes i was just kidding no. but uh <laughs> what about pool noodles the cup what are you doing uh, we just ended up cutting some pvc pipe and and sticking it in there so the ball doesn't go all the way to the bottom and still there it's still there no putting green flags uh we do we've gone to double cart riders now so. yeah but you know back. now that we're now the governor dialed back stuff a little more we'll see where it goes do you i haven't been up to see the new clubhouse it's open is it open for food and beverage yeah, now or no no we are only food and beverage open is halfway houses right now nice so yeah have you been out here before ever no never like i said i've been to pine wild a handful of times so it was good seeing that uh as i drove drove here and i felt like i knew where it was but no i've never been here so he mentioned bill Patton. bill was on our board when i first came on um and you've heard us talk about bill before as a true gentleman like the Wilford Brimley looking guy with the white beard, you know what I mean? That, you know, um, always had a jacket and tie on in the evenings, etc. But he's the one who told me, you may remember that story about when we were in Pinehurst and we'd gone out, we were wearing something for a board meeting. He's like, you're going to go change and put a white shirt on tonight, like a button up, you know, with a tie. And I was like, well, he's like, because gentlemen wear white at night in Pinehurst. Huh. So anyways, that was, that's how Bill, right? Bill was a, he had a law degree, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So now you have a, a guy with a law degree that was the, the G or the director of agronomy. What's your title? Director of agronomy. And now you got a PhD in here. But um, Man. but Bill and I got to know each other being on the board. We shared a birthday, and so we always he always took a liking to me for whatever reason. And I loved being around him. And so he he had me out a couple times. And so I can't tell you how many times I've said to people, "Hey, you want to go to Pinehurst and play?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, Where do you want to play? I'm like, "Forest Creek." Yeah. What's that? I'm like. That's where we're going. That's the only place I want to go. Well, that's the kind of places I like, though, the ones that not not on everybody's radar. Well, and it's, you know, we could we could call Ron. You got CCNC. And I'm not bashing any of the resort courses or anything. It's just this was so set apart because the two courses are completely different. Right. Like, you're not going to feel like if you go play one in the morning and the other one in the afternoon, you won't get them mixed up. Huh. You'll completely remember the layouts and... So they're just such unique properties, and they've always been in damn good shape. Yeah, is this a Donald Ross? Did you say? No, it's Tom Fazio. Tom Fazio, that's right. Fazio. Fazio. <laughs> that was his first. I'm not sure if I. How did you say that? I don't know if I'm correct in the way I say it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm correct. Man, how do you say it, Fazio? Yeah. Not Fazio. I think I say Fazio. I think I do too, but I think I got in trouble one time by somebody that worked for him that said it was Fazio. Oh, really? Because you know he was our guest. At the Hall of Fame? No, no, no. The Greenville Golf Ball. Okay. You weren't around for those. We did three Greenville Golf Balls in like 02, 03, and 04, and we honored Jay Haas, Champ Covington, and Tom Fazio. (laughs) So anyhow, but yeah. What do you think? How long? You going to get a rocking chair here? You know, you never say never. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Uh, You know, we got great ownership now. We got a great membership. So we'll see, you know, we'll see where the future leads us. But, uh, you know, it's a great place. What advice you got for yourself if you were to start all over at age 18? Man, that was my, 
You want? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. That was that was in my head. It's amazing how that happens. Sorry, I could go to a different one and you can ask. No, me no, no. I want to know about PGRs on these greens still. I want to hear what. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think you know, is to live your life, do the things that make you happy. Uh, don't sweat small stuff. You know, it's easier to say now looking back, but you know, life's short. Enjoy it. Uh, I've never seen stress around this guy, so I'm sure you have it. I don't know how you contain it. But it's a note everybody could take. Yeah. But, you know, enjoy your family, enjoy your kids, enjoy what you do, enjoy your friends. I mean, that's what life's about, right? We're fixing cars for them like yesterday. Yeah, I got. I still haven't fixed it, though. Is that going to fall on you? Uh, we got to change some plugs and do a few things. This might be our project this, this evening. <laughs> this is his son's car. Okay. Apparently had some trouble yesterday. I, I think he's hoping it doesn't get fixed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you didn't buy him a new car, it sounds like. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, so PGRs. Personal growth regulators? <laughs> no. Uh, his son's 6'6". Six, six. He's got the opposite of that. 6'5". Okay. 6'5". Almost 6'6", six, six, probably. Your wife's tall, though, right? Yeah. She's, I mean, he gets she, it natural. She's right at six feet. Yeah. I mean, and you're what? Two, three, six? Three. I used to be six four. I think I'm about six two now. I'm going the other way. You shrinking? Yeah, I'm shrinking. Your shoes? You you noticing you're getting bigger shoes too? Uh, yeah, they're filling up. What's PGR? Professional Plant Growth Regulator. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Primo. Let me use right, it in, right, right, in right. Allen terms. Yeah. You a big fan of that? We use it. <laughs> so that was what threw me is that when I went and met Hal for the first time down at Seminole. And we were there with, um, oh, Dick. What's Dick's last name over at the PGA courses? West, I think? No. I don't know. I, uh, he's been down there for 40-something years anyways. And we're eating lunch, and I brought up Primo. I was like, how, how much Primo are you putting on these things? And, man, I about got thrown off the table. What do you think? How do not play golf down there in the summertime? They don't. But their growing seasons, I guess, as they say, are completely different. So they don't do any of that. Yeah, they don't have to. But if he was playing golf in the summer, he'd probably have to. Are you um, you doing something every week to them? Uh, this time of year when they're growing, I mean, you know, we're we were on the plant growth regulators probably from April to end of September, and then we don't do them. But you're you're verticutting, you're top dressing, you're doing something to agitate that grass. I'm assuming every seven to ten days. Yep, every week. Huh. Pretty good program. I mean, we we verticut usually on Tuesdays and and sand them on Wednesday and. Usually they're pretty good by the weekend, and then every week, every week through the growing season, using Seminole sand, S- similar to it. All right, so I was watching. I went and did a little drone work at Columbia Country Club while they were air fine, and Benito, the hopper they got out there, he could do two passes on the green and had to go back and get sand. I felt so bad for him. Well, most people will bring a sand truck out and then just fill. That's it. what I was hoping or wondering. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it can be time consuming. Wow, especially on a big property like this. I mean, right? You know, we, yeah. These golf courses are pretty far spread out. Well, we had a turf cut spreader, I think, at the house on the back of a uh, Jacobson thing, and you weren't getting but two passes to the backyard, and you're coming back, and Chuck had the front end loader filling it back up. What uh, what amount of acres are you dealing with here? Uh, well, inside the gates, we got 1,200 acres. Golly. Uh, luckily, I don't have that responsibility. But um, No common area, stuff like that? No, we, we outsource the common areas. I do have clubhouse grounds and both golf courses, so they probably add up to about 230, 250 acres. Mm. You don't have like a fancy little 
topo thing that you dialed in and counted and no you're not you're not the spreadsheet guy david no i did enough of that when i was in grad school <laughs> not great so did you did you bring the same program kind of that you worked with at hope valley in terms of your bermuda grass greens over here yeah we did but you know these uh we found things a little different because we did the these are basically new greens with no, at hope valley we did the no-till where we left all the matting up top and and these we tilled 10 inches and brought in some new sand so you know these things don't hold the nutrients in the water uh don't react quite as used to what i was used to at hope valley so we've had to, to just ramp up a little bit more fertility a little more often and and water a little bit more often but uh all in all we're we're pretty much on the same program and just one maintenance facility for both courses yeah we operate out of this one building and and uh hmm. how many guys you got uh or girls we probably got 30 total but that includes two or three mechanics and a couple guys working in the hort, hort program so we're not hmm. we could use more labor an issue out here it it was i mean right <laughs> now uh, when unemployment spiked there uh, it's not hard to find guys but it was you know when i got here and unemployment was you know four percent or whatever yeah it was pretty tough but now you can find some guys we're lucky we have some some high school college kids that come back every summer uh so do they get playing privileges they do most of them don't most of them get out of here you know go, go fishing or do whatever you playing any golf at all a little bit uh we played a lot more through the covid my superintendents and i you know it, yeah. nobody was out here and we were done and we were kind of managing hours so every friday we'd tee it up after lunch so it was, <laughs> that's cool it was kind of fun we we had to walk which it, you know in april it it was good for us we got out there and walked and you're gonna walk 18 this afternoon no sir <laughs> he's gonna fix that car for jackson it is sticky speaking of what was the first car you drove uh 1979 mazda rx7 beautiful that might be the sports cariest answer we've had yet. That, that is, well, I think we had a 300ZX from somebody. Yeah, it was black with black tinted windows. That's what? A, oh yeah. That's now, early. That's what'd early. you do? What'd you do to? What'd you do to kit it out? Like, did you do rims? Did you do a speaker system? What'd uh, you do? Oh, uh, that was you know you put the amps under the front seats and. <laughs> You had some like 12 inch kickers or something. No, nah, punch I 15. I didn't have any subs in it, but it was uh, you know, it was. It was pretty. It was pretty cool back then. I thought license plate rattling and whatnot. Oh yeah, you know, it had the it had the sunroof. You know, you screwed it up. And you picked the whole thing off and stuck it in the uh, stuck it in the hatchback. Did Wendy ever ride in that? No, she never. She never rode in that one. So that wasn't what got her. No, that wasn't what got her. When did you meet her? We actually met. Uh, she was in high school when I was my first year in college. We kind of all hung out in the same group, friends. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that hometown. Army brat, right? Like, I just, so, like, I hear those stories, and I hear that all those kids that are in college and all that, and I'm like, man, yeah. that's amazing. So Yeah, I've got those friends, but we're not successful like those, you know. <laughs> all right, Alan, let's do your, your five group of buddies. What are they doing? No. You don't have to name them by name, but what are they doing right I'm now? I'm going to leave that out. I can't even think. Oh, I can't even tell you where okay. five people that I graduated from high school with are right now. I can tell you. One of them. One of them's trouting, uh, routing 18-wheelers, does that bidding process for a company in Charleston. One guy runs a plant in Florence, and I think one guy committed suicide. Mm. So, Man. 
and Big Al's in Forest Creek today, not playing golf. I know. I know. We gotta we gotta do better at that though. We gotta have the Doug Low rule. Like when you travel, you play golf. What was uh? Did you when you were the president? Do you have any agenda in your mind, or are you like let me just get through this? No, I, you know, I, you know, I was fortunate because the organization was so strong and runs so strong. I think you know, right? My in my management style, if you got good people, let them let them let them work. And uh, you know that's what I that's what I enjoy here. That's what I enjoyed at Hope Valley is you know helping helping the. I don't know if I helped Tim any, but uh, you know I run interference here for these guys and let them do their job. Right, right. And that's kind of you know I I think it's important for those guys to actually make the decisions and and let me deal with the stuff that you know you got to deal with as as a director. But uh, you know I. The, the, my time on the board was was awesome, and the presidency was was really good. It was fun, and uh, you know the girls in the office and Tim and yeah, yeah. I'm, the last thing I'm gonna do is tell those guys how to do their job. I got you. He was good. So you have presidents that check in with you, and then you have presidents that you check in with. Right. And he was the latter for sure. Yep. You know, it would be you know a couple of days or maybe a week or two would go by, and just check in. Hey man, just give me a buzz. Here's what's going on. Da, 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 da. But the flip side of that is it's always there when needed. You know, if there's something that needed to be handled, decision that needed to be made, yeah, always quick to reply, which is I think very respectable and professional, right? You don't get that a lot sometimes. So, cool. Yeah. What else we got? Anything you want to tell the world about David Lee? No. PhD. No, I just feel lucky to to be doing what I'm doing and where I'm at, and got the friends and support I got. So, family. Yeah get to wear a woodpecker every day how cool is that that's right that's the logo that is the logo nice that's bad isn't it yeah that is good looking no i've never seen that logo that is good looking yeah is that the original logo or is that something newer no it's the original logo okay it's a great place man what you got on there chichesi creek chichesi chichesi yeah turkey (laughs) i tried to say chesney like chichesney and i didn't even realize i was that guy a matching belt. I did the belt and shirt match. I told people, you're not allowed to do that unless you're a member of that club. Yeah. Like, that's how you should be seen in the golfing world, is that if you start wearing these things, like, you have to different. You can't wear the shirt and the belt that match unless you're a member there. Like, that's mine. That's and, funny. And I did it today, and I'm not a member there. So. Hashtag Krieger problems. <laughs> well, David, thank you very much for having us up here. Well, thanks for coming coming by. Appreciate you, man. Always, David. It's uh, always good to be with you, man. Warm soul as always. Um, thanks for making time for us today. Absolutely. Good seeing you guys. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that as much as we did. Um, it's always good to come over to Pinehurst and see our good friends. And it seems like Alan and I are finding friends all over this little town every time we come here. Man, I enjoyed coming to Pinehurst. It's a fun little town. You've never been before you you came and hung out with us, had you? Uh, to Pinehurst in general? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got you. I did I did a PAT there one time at Mid Pines where it was so cold. It was like February. It was sleeting on us and they you would take the flag stick out and lay it down and ice was chipping, you know, breaking up the flag stick whenever you laid on the green and they actually made a rule after that PAT about weather conditions and playing. Uh, and then Chris Sparrow and I played in the pro assistant one time at number four, number six, and number six, and number eight. So. Nice. So you yeah. got a little Pinehurst time. 
Man, I do enjoy Pinehurst. It is just a fun town, and I wish I lived there. You know, it's a neat place to visit. It's a little hot and buggy for me, kind of like the low country. Um, it's it's amazing, though. Like, Forest Creek sneaks up on you. Yeah. Nobody really talks about that. You've probably never even heard of it. And you get out there, man, and it is 36 holes of pure. Let's talk about the tea marker you tweeted out. That wasn't an actual pine cone. No, they are. Um, they should. They should have a little billboard when you pull into Pinehurst, though, for Forest Creek that says, you know, T marker, actual size, low, actual size, you know, pine cone, because they are modeled off of some of those longleaf pine pine cones that can be about man. They're so big that if you try and step on one, being a smart guy, you're gonna roll your ankle. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't realize that came from a longleaf pine either. I learned that from David. Yeah, the bigger the bigger cone, the ones that I think it originated. People used to always brag about them coming out of South Georgia or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I remember growing up, those were like display pieces in homes and stuff. Do you do you have fox squirrels up there where you live? No, no, but we do have armadillos now. You, yeah, you told me about the armadillos, but the fox squirrels, I'm not used to seeing them, obviously. But there was one at Pinehurst, that, and, you know, they're gray and black or all black, and this thing... I don't know what it grabbed, but it, I felt like I had to stop so it could cross my path and I didn't want to wreck my car. I will tell you, those ones that are like all black with the little white ears and the white noses and the little white hands are probably the cutest things ever. I mean, they're as big as Norm at some point. They're, oh gosh. We haven't talked about Norm yet, have we? <laughs> we can't. Is he gone? We can't. We can't. He's gone? I haven't seen him in a month. Man. He's got to be around there somewhere. <laughs> Can we talk about the neighbor at the Carolinas office that was doing the Indiana Jones with the bullwhip that day? No, we don't need to talk about that because, yes, no, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, going back to Norm, those wildflowers that he was tearing up, that if y'all might have seen on Twitter, he was eating all my wildflowers. I parked, I'm sorry, I planted all those so that the parking lot right next to where um, Alan and Chuck fight over their spot when they come to the office formerly known as pre-COVID, come to the office visits. Um, they have some flowers right there, and we've talked about this before. And anyways, I think you might have read about it in my Carolina's Green article. So I took the entire sidewalk area on our main drive, you know, where all those weeds are in front of the junipers. I mean, yep. it's a couple hundred yards there and like six, eight yards wide. Tilled that all up, put in garden soil, and planted wildflowers down there. So the whole approach when you come up into Liberty now will be wildflowers and sure enough I get a text from Kim who's over here the other day it says hey the guy from the city's here he's gonna weed eat the uh the weeds out front should I let him I'm like oh no 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 we've been driving over there twice a day morning and night to make sure they've seen water through this you know 90 plus degree stretch and they're finally germinated and my man's about to come in there in a three minute swath and knock down all Norm's progress so chance to get back up here yeah yeah Special project, though, that we can talk about the next time, Al, has not happened yet. We'll unveil it on the next episode. But cool. I do really want to go back and rewind and thank and talk a little bit again about our good friend, Miss Beth Daniel, and what a wonderful episode that was. Great slide into the pro series, and I look forward to um, hearing from Wesley here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I do too. Uh, she is one of a kind. She's special, obviously, a Hall of Famer. I'm feel very privileged to call her a friend her and rob and uh she certainly 
I've, you know, I've played, I've been fortunate to play golf with her twice. And it's one of those things where how, how you find yourself, you go, how do I end up in this situation type deal? How bad do you lose? She was on my team one time and against me another time. And she definitely hold out from the fairway on number six for Eagle against me. Hmm. But played the same tees and, uh, I poked it right out there with her. Happy to say. So you scooted it up. That's cool. No, she, she scooted back. <laughs> In fact, Charleston, she went back far back as you can go. Really. I want to say something though, this week, you know, a lot of guys been doing airification and something I've seen in the Carolinas and I'm sure it's been going, I know it's been going on, but it's just, I have happened to know a couple of guys that happened to is how other guys depend on other guys and it's friendly and, uh, you know, barring airification machines, barring helping guys top dress. It's just helping guys with their pump house and, and diagnosing problems. All right, no, I'll tell you, Alan, that's a good point. And I think it goes back to what we've talked about from day one. It's always about the people. It's the camaraderie. It's the brotherhood. There's no, there's no secrets on the industry here. If you're, if you've got it figured out, I think we talked about this at Cherokee even we referenced it. If the guy across the street has a solution, he's going to call his buddy across the street, even if it's his biggest competitor in terms of the clubs and the business and the memberships, and they're going to help each other through. And so, yeah, you're spot on, man. When it comes to airification in particular, you got a neighbor down the road, you can call him and help you out. It makes a big difference. Amen to that. Well, I hope everybody is safe and happy and hanging in there. Thank y'all for listening. Yep. Well, the good news is folks, this wonderful thing called 2020 is half over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm ready to wake up from this nightmare, I guess. How about Wesley? Uh, I was so hoping he would peak at the right time for our podcast release and he still could, I guess. Hey, you know, a top, what, what is the 11th this weekend? 13th? Top yeah, twenty on the PGA Tour is nothing to sneeze about. No, and he made the cut at Harbor Town. I mean, he's coming back on those medical exemptions, so he needs—he's doing exactly what he needs to do. I think we got the calculator out. We're making sure he makes enough money to get back in there with his exemptions and doesn't have to win again just to get back out there. But hey, Wesley, there ain't nothing wrong with winning, bud. Go ahead and knock that one out too. <laughs> All right, well, y'all be good, and uh, we'll see you on July fifteenth with Wesley Bryan Pro Series. Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds, brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture. Want to become a member of the Carolinas GCSA? Visit carolinasgcsa.org for more information or call the office at 800-476-4272. Follow the show on Twitter at Pullin' underscore Weeds or on Facebook at Pullin' Weeds Podcast. 